Well, uh, first off, if you're visiting with us, I'm not Mark Jameson, <laughs> nor am I Matt Broadway. Um, Mark, as you know, is uh, tending to his mom right now, and uh, as we have prayed, and just encourage you to continue through the days ahead, remembering the family. And Pastor Matt and his family are uh, enjoying a, um, a, I guess, a rest in uh, Blowing Rock. And now, uh, if you get, if you have those weather alerts on your phone, uh, we were, we were, uh, uh, where were we? We were someplace. And all of a sudden, this alert goes off our phone, uh, high wind danger in Blowing Rock. And the first thing I thought of, it might be, you know, Matt and uh, the family being blown off the mountain. But evidently, they're still there because they haven't come home yet. <clears throat> and we trust that they're having a good rest and, uh, and we'll carry on, again, remembering them at this time as well. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how to begin this morning's message. <clears throat> It's kind of like two messages in one. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be here for an hour and a half. That doesn't what that means at all. It just simply means there's two themes that I kind of want to land on, and I wasn't really sure how to approach it. Uh, and I was trying to think of a way to just kind of introduce you to, to kind of get you to follow me here. Um, some of you may be at the age where you remember when you got the cereal box for breakfast, and there was stamped on the outside some, some kind of prize was inside the box. And uh, I, I want to make it as attractive as I can. It's a box of Lucky Charms, okay? And these are these little rainbows and, um, and pots of gold and, and uh, crescent moons and uh, stars in the shape of colored marshmallows embedded in oat cereal that also is covered with sugar. Uh, all the good stuff we like. And yet in the box, there's a prize. And it's not like you have to endure the cereal because you like it. But you want to get to the prize first because it's something you've really been looking forward to. Well, that's, that's kind of where I'm going to take you this morning. Um, we have a passage of Scripture here which we'll read, and, and there's a great truth here that I want us to focus on. Then I think there's another truth that's embedded in it that I think is just as important, if maybe not more so, as it's a result of the first truth. So now, have I created enough suspense for you this morning that you're going to stick with me on this one? Um, it's, it's a great passage of Scripture. It's one very familiar to us. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Let's look at this together. And uh, again, these are the words of Christ. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. <clears throat> let's, let's just pray together as we approach this passage of Scripture. <clears throat> Every word that has been spoken by you, O Lord, contains truth. It is truth. And it's powerful. 
It draws us closer to you. It can shape our lives. It can change our lives. And so, Lord, I pray this morning as we look at your words that you would speak to us, each and every one of us, exactly where we are in life right now. And allow us to hear you speaking into our lives, guiding us in life, and leading us to life in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Jim Simbola, in his book, Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire, writes these words. If we don't call upon the Lord, he has promised nothing, nothing at all. It's as simple as that. No matter what we preach or what we claim to believe in our heads, the future will depend upon our times of prayer. This is the engine that will drive the church. Unquote. There can be, I believe, no way of overemphasizing the importance of prayer for us who have professed a faith in Jesus Christ or for the one who wants to approach the very throne of God or the one who wants to determine the will of God in his or her life or one who wants to possibly even set the course straight as it can be addressed in prayer. Prayer is not just essential. It's the very core Uh, foundation, um, instrument that God has given to us to keep us close to him. It's interesting as you read through the scriptures, Old and New Testament alike, the words that you find in the Psalms, so many of those incidences where life is embraced or in some ways uh, directed or somehow discovered in prayer. It was no coincidence that when Jesus was walking with his disciples on the face of this earth, they didn't come to him and said, uh, teach us, uh, Lord, how to preach. Show us how to teach. No, they said, show us how to pray. Because they recognized in the very life of Christ the importance of prayer, the discipline of prayer, the, the... prayer life of the one who was their master. And they wanted to capture that for themselves and for good reason. This lesson that we have just looked at, this passage of scripture, can no doubt be recognized as a lesson of prayer, of how to pray. Um, And it also reflects for us, I believe, how God will always, how God will always answer prayer. He will answer prayer in his way. He will answer prayer always in a perfect way and in a loving way. As God's purpose for us is to discover who he is and where we are in relationship with him and what is ours to enjoy or to discover through prayer. As we might think we know what we need... More often than not, as we approach God, somehow we are compelled to come Him or, or, or attracted to Him because of something we want or desire. And it's through prayer that sometimes that want or desire can actually be discovered as something greater than just what we want, but there is a deeper need that has to be discovered. God knows what's best for us, 
And as we approach him in prayer, that discovery can be ours as well. This passage, I believe, sets before us maybe three steps, or not necessarily in this order, but at least somehow incorporated in this discipline of prayer. And the first one is simple, ask. (laughs) Ask. This asking makes the request known. The spoken words of prayer bring to our attention and somehow allow us to verbalize as best we can what we recognize as the need. It is understood that our asking is initiated, hopefully, hopefully, by the right motives. And I say that because we are cautioned in the Scripture to be careful of how we approach God in prayer. James 4, 2 and 3, you desire and do not have. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Prayer isn't a way of manipulating God to get what we want. Prayer is an avenue of discovery of what God wants for us. It's not so much trying to change the will of God, but for our our will to conform to His. Prayer is an experience of discovery, of a depth of of, of a relationship that maybe we've never in in our whole time of walking with Christ has known, except to be revealed through prayer. So as you approach him, you ask him. Ask him what's on your heart. And he is quick to respond. It's interesting, and I love this, the, the, the section in the, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus takes a couple of opportunities. As a matter of fact, this passage is included in that sermon of where Jesus is talking to his disciples about how to pray and how you, how you would approach this Father. And, and one of the most assuring things that can be ours as we think about asking God for something is this. Jesus says to his disciples, do not be like them referring to the hypocrites who used a lot of words. He says, your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now that doesn't discount the need of asking. Because asking, again, brings to our attention of what we believe we need, and in asking allows God to sharpen that focus on exactly what the need may be. The second element of this prayer is seek. And seeking, seeking is the um, prayer put into action. It's being deliberate and really trying to find out what it is that God wants for us, what God will do for us, or maybe what we need to do for the Lord. It's first searching for our answers in Scripture. You take, you take the steps to hear God through his word. That's seeking. A very familiar verse, and maybe some of you have put it to memory, Psalms 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Seeking direction, seeking an illumination as to what's next, Lord. Seeking the counsel of mature believers is another way of seeking an answer to your prayer. Proverbs, I, I, I believe, captures this for us. Uh, in Proverbs 18.24, we read, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There are those in your life who you have come to trust and believe as one who is a brother or sister in the faith, And you can go to them for counsel. You can seek what maybe God is saying to you through them. 
That, that teaching in Proverbs goes on in Proverbs 27.9. Oil and perfume may be, make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. His counsel. How many of you, when you are really struggling with something in life, go to someone who is asking uh, to ask, help me through this. Help me understand. And it is that friend who can give good counsel. And certainly there is the seeking of the intercession of the Holy Spirit, as this is promised to us. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for how we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I find great comfort in that passage. Great comfort. Have you ever begun to pray and don't even know how to start? Have you been in a prayer and you're stumbling just to find the words to express the ache that's in your heart or the desire that's so, so intense or, or, or a sense of lostness that you don't know even where to turn? That's the Holy Spirit coming on, on, on your behalf, to intercede on your behalf. And the passage goes on. And he searches hearts, as, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. That's Christ searching the heart, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit leads us through prayer. It's not a journey on our own. It's the helper that Jesus promised at times such as that when we need him in prayer. Knock. Knock suggests a degree of persistence. Uh, I, I have this image of, you know, you call a friend, you say, I'm going to come over and see you, and I'll be there just in a few minutes. And you get to their, their front door and you knock. And there's no answer. So what do you do? You knock again. So what do you do? You ring the doorbell. You stand there with the expectation that he knew you were coming or she was expecting you and you're going to get an answer. That's exactly what this is saying to us. Be persistent in prayer um, you, with, the, with the understanding that as you have summoned the one who is on the other side of the door or that dissident needs somehow to be breached, they are there for you because the promise has been made that they would be. William Barclay, in his commentary on this passage of Scripture, makes something, uh, I think, a statement that's very helpful for us to recognize. He said here that Jesus is saying, quote, Go on asking, go on seeking, go on knocking. He is telling us to persist in prayer. He is telling us never to be discouraged in prayer. I don't know what your experiences have been in, in your prayer life. But for a personal testimony, I can tell you that there have been those things that I have prayed for for years and in time have seen them come to pass. It'll happen. In God's way, what is best out of love for you. Our persistent prayer can also serve not only as a test of our sincerity and our earnestness and and our forthrightness and somehow our determination. But it also can serve as a way to provide a clearer understanding of what it is that we really need. 
It leads us to the discovery of what God wants for us. As you pray for something over and over again, I'm sure that that conversation somehow is sharpened and focused each time you come back to him with that particular need or request. Russell Kelfer puts it this way. Prayer is coming to understand the mind of God by spending time in the presence of God until we are so enamored with the nature of God that we will want to be in the will of God. That's what prayer does. It's, it's a progressive um, experience and developing relationship with the one that we have called to as the one who holds the answers to our petitions and our requests. There's so much more to be found in this passage about prayer. But there's even more to discover what it says about how God answers our prayer. I want to put you back to the text and look at verses 9 through 11. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? If your child comes to you with a request, believing that it's reasonable, you will probably do everything that you possibly can to meet that request. And particularly if it's a need, you certainly will make that effort. But Jesus makes a comparison here. As unrighteous, as unholy, evil, even as evil as we may be, we are still inclined to do what is best for our child. And here comes the little surprise I was telling you about. Are you ready? You ready? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Wow. As much as we want to do what is good and what is right, and as, as prayerful as we may be by the exercise, and as benevolent as we think we might be, how much more, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Uh, it, it, it resonated with, the, with, the, with Jeff's prayer this morning. It resonated with the songs that we have sung, particularly the last song that we have sung. It's all about God and what he wants to do for us as a father who loves his children. Let me, let me try to put it this way. I want you to look at a passage of scripture with me. It's found in Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think... According to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God does more than anything we could possibly even ask. When we are praying to him for something, bet your bottom dollar. He's going to do it better than what you had even imagined could have happened. God wants the best for us. 
He wants to do far more than we would have possibly asked of him. Our Father knows what we need before we ask him. God's working on our needs needs before we even approach him because he knows, as his children, what we need. I want to take you through... Listen... And I remember Matt apologizing this when he preaches sometimes, when he has a lot of, a lot of scripture. He, he, he doesn't want you to get lost in it. But we're going to be tracking some scriptures. And, and thanks to Isaac, he bailed me out because you would have had to sit here and listen to me to read one passage after another. But now, with the help of technology and the servant of Isaac Walsh, we can do it with technology. But seriously, I want you to follow this, this, this litany of scriptures to illustrate how much more God wants to give us when we ask him. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is dealing with when you want rest. When you come to him and you're just worn out. When the burden is so great you don't even know where to turn. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you're at your wit's end and you're trying to make sense of something, you need some, some kind of wisdom to how to handle a situation. Look at James 1, 5. But if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Proverbs 20, uh, 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. When life is just a mess, and there's tor- it seems like it, every day is, is, is just stirring turmoil, and you're looking for some place to settle, some place to, to find where you can, again, kind of pull it together, solitude and peace. Look at John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. It's not a peace that we'll find among ourselves. It's a peace that only comes from Christ himself. A peace that overcomes this world. Psalms 29, 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. That's a promise from God. He will bless us with peace as we turn to him. Everyday stuff, <laughs> things that we need, things sometimes we just take for, for granted. But here it is, Psalm 145, 15, and 16. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Everything that we need comes from the hand of God. He meets all our needs, everyday needs, food, shelter. Comfort. Talk about the richness of God and giving us so much more than we even asked. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever, everlasting, eternal life. 
Let's go along with that theme. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not yourselves. It is a gift of God. And going on with Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? More than we could ever ask or imagine. And it goes on, John 10, 27 through 29, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So much more than we asked or imagined. For from his fullness we have received, all have received grace upon grace. And as Jesus was departing his disciples, he promised them a helper. We read in John 14, 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper, to be with you forever. As we receive Christ, we have the Holy Spirit to be with us. From this day forward, into eternity, more than we possibly asked or imagined. James 1.7, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation and no shifting shadow. God's benevolence isn't something that's going to be directed by his moods. He isn't a moody God. (laughs) He's consistent. He's generous. And he is there for us all the time, every time, and when we need him especially. 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and, you got this, prayer. Wow. Prayer. Matt has been directing some of us to be reading a book, and it's, an, it's a classic. It's been around a long time. Uh, it's called um, The Master Plan of Evangelism. Coleman. What's, what's the author's first name? Coleman. What? Robert. Robert Coleman. You should know that. <laughs> Robert Coleman. It's been around a long time about evangelism. Much to be found in that book. But there's one line as I've been reading through it just jumped out this week as I was preparing the sermon. Listen to this. A one-liner. Love is like that. It is always giving itself away. Is that God or what? Love is like that. Always giving itself away. That's what God's been doing since the beginning of time. Giving man everything he needs. Even when he doesn't recognize it, God gives it. Even when we didn't realize that we were lost in sin, God gave it. When we recognized we needed a helper, God gave it. Giving us more than we could ever ask or imagine. 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.